It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. If you were worried about people from Seattle moving here, this new tax may speed that process up. And speaking of such things, Brexit is getting closer. What kind of impact will it have on this side of the pond? But first, give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Welcome back to the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610. The number, if you'd like to get involved, also via email, 610-KONA.com. The bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, and what you would like to say, as well as on Twitter at bottom line 610 Robin Ed hanging with you this afternoon and um, spent the first hour talking about the situation with the uh, county commissioners taking the jail from the sheriff's department. And uh, it seemed that most of our callers were all in the same line, that um, they felt that the lack of public comment in this process did not do a service to the residents of Benton County. And it seemed almost to a person that they were ready to vote for different representation come next year. With one of our callers even making a public declaration that they (laughs) plan to run against Jerome Delvin in 2020. (laughs) Um, But one of the things that we did not get to touch on in the first hour was how a lot of this appears to violate the Open Public Meetings Act. Yeah. And that being that a message was delivered to... The commander of the jail, Thomas Krosky, that this move was going to be made, that a decision had already been made, that leads you to believe that there was a violation of the Open Public Meetings Act. But it can't be that easy, right? It can't be that easy. I mean, the three commissioners have been in their positions for a long time. Okay. Well, two for sure. And, two. and Sean Small. Sean's two. been there two years less than the other two. Yeah. Okay. Der- Jerome right. Delvin and, Jer- and and Jim Beaver uh, both have served the same amount of time as Benton County Commissioners. Yes. Okay. Almost 12 full years. Yes. Um, Jerome Delvin was in Olympia before that. Eighth district representative. Er, senator, excuse me. Senator before yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's had plenty of time in legislative and executive positions in the state to understand the RCWs. Jim Beaver before that was a mayor for Kenwick for 10 years. So he's been around and involved for a long time. So it would it would be very naive to believe that they would just flaunt the Open Public Meetings Act knowing full well how this appears. So asking a few questions, talking to a few people with with good knowledge of the RCWs, is the Open Public Meetings Act ironclad? Well, the good news is, yes, it is ironclad. But the bad news is, like everything else, if you look hard enough, there is a way to work around it. And the way you work around that is an intermediary. Oh. Another individual that is able to move freely, 
that is not an elected official, that is able to go from one individual to another individual and carry messages and portray themselves as the architect of the grand plan. So person A goes to elected official A and says, hey, what do you think of this? Well, I think that's not a bad idea. Person A goes to elected official B. Hey, what do you think of this idea? Well, that's not a bad idea. Go back to elected official A. Hmm. Well, what if we put this together in this aspect? How does this look? Well, maybe we could do this or do that or do this. Okay, thanks. Go back to elected official B. Well, what would you think if we add this to it and go into this and so on and so forth? Two elected officials are not meeting at the same time. They're not conducting business with each other without the other commissioner there. It's not a violation of the Open Public Meetings Act because they're not sitting together, unlike what happened in Seattle, right, where they had certain members of the city council and others were not invited. Yes, right. That was a violation of the Open Public Meetings Act. Clearly. But if you go from office to office, the two paths never cross, and yet you're putting this all together, you haven't technically violated the Open Public Meetings Act, but it sure does take a very broad brush and dip it in a very dark shade of gray and begin applying it to the wall. 547-1610-509-547-1610 if you'd like to join the conversation. Um, so does that smell a little bit? Oh God, it stinks like rotten fish all the way in Denmark. Okay. (laughs) It absolutely reeks. However, does not violate the rules. So it it doesn't overtly violate the rules. Okay. But yes. Could you call into question that process? Sure you could. Could you call it nefarious? Oh, absolutely. Could you call it downright dirty and underhanded? Yeah, you could. So then the question comes up. You know, uh, what was it, a week or two ago, we were talking about, well, who investigates the sheriff? Well, we got to get a jurisdiction out of, out of the area to take care of it, most likely. Today's question is, well, who investigates the commission? The sheriff? <laughs> you you want to you want to talk about throwing a stink bomb on something that already stinks? Oh my gosh, that would be. You know, it just once they, again they would be evacuating the courthouse in Proster. <laughs> look, and 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 maybe maybe in all my years of of following politics and and understanding the system and. Seeing shady politicians from the time I was a teenager all the way until now. Maybe I'm still a little bit too naive to believe that if I was in an elected position, that I would actually follow the rules, that I would follow the laws, that I would not put myself above them, that I would not try to find ways to skirt them, that I would not look for intentional gray areas to be able to manipulate things to my will. Um, I would like to believe that, that I would not look to those things. 
Um, to me, again, this is another testament to ego and power. This is another testament to political gamesmanship. This is another testament to me that if you have somebody that has been there long enough, that knows how to manipulate the laws to this degree, they shouldn't be there anymore. So as soon as you figure out how to play the game, you should go. (laughs) There is a way to play the game because, look, that is what politics by nature is a game. Absolutely it is. There is a way to play the game and be able to do it ethically. There is a way to play the game and be able to be above board while you do it. And then there is a way to play the game the way this one is played out. You ignore public comment. You manipulate the Open Public Meetings Act. You do it in a manner that absolutely 100% stinks of backdoor bargaining and political motivation. And when you do that, that tells me all I need to know about those running the county and that where their intentions are, where their motivations are, and that they care about, I should put it this way, they don't care about 197,998 people that live in Benton County. They only care about two. Going to take a quick time out, come back with more of the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Your thoughts? 547 You get emails, 610KONA.com, bottom line page. We'd read it, we'd love to share it. That still doesn't mean we know anything, though. Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now, back to the show. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610-K1A-547-1610. If you want to get involved, also via email, 610K1A.com. Your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say, and on Twitter, bottom line 610 If you're thinking about jumping into the housing market, there are houses available. There are houses going up for sale. If you want to weigh in on either side or both sides of that, contact Jennifer Mons with Windermere Real Estate. Visit her website, JenniferMons, M-O-N-D-S dot com. Shoot her an email. Check out her listings. Find out where her open houses are going to be. And while you send that email, let her know what you're looking for. I mean, there's a lot of different houses that are available to suit all different needs, all different sizes of families. You don't let Jennifer know how big your family is and what kind of houses you're looking for. She'll be able to point you in the right direction. Even if you want to build, she'll be able to help you move forward in that as well. Contact Jennifer Mons with the Windermere Group 1 today. Jennifer Mons, M-O-N-D-S dot com. We got a message from Paul on Twitter. He said, glad news stations are into conspiracy theories now. Well, if you tune in at 10 o'clock every night uh, here on News Radio 610 K1A, you'll get plenty of that with Coast to Coast. They talk about all kinds of great conspiracy theories. But, you know, we are a news station, but this program is a talk program. So that does give us a little bit more of uh, ability to veer down different lanes and post uh, plausible theories to our audience. Uh, some may consider them conspiracy theories, and certainly everyone has the right to, uh, to their own opinion. Um, but Trust me, I spend more time veering off on <laughs> the, we, off we, the we beaten know. path. We know. Yeah. However, when you do put theories forward that have plausibility, the idea is to get you to think about them. That's right. You, you can dismiss them. 
Absolutely. If you wish to. But the idea with with putting together plausible thoughts is that um, it does spur you to think. Now, if we wanted to say that the uh, Benton County commissioners took the jail away from the sheriff's department because they're Russian bots, that probably wouldn't be very plausible. I would think that that would have a hard that would be a, a little difficult for people to embrace. Or if they are. Uh, they're they're foreign agents from Uzbekistan or something like that. That would be that would be and, and Uzbekistan once controlled the Benton County Jail for nefarious purposes. That would be maybe less plausible. But to think that the commissioners maybe did something a little nefarious in their means to get around the Open Public Meetings Act, I think we put a pretty pretty plausible theory out there. Appreciate the comment. Though. Absolutely, we always appreciate. And, the and you know what? Even if even if. Uh... You don't agree with us? You think you that one to. or both of us is crazy? It's usually people think Rob's crazy. Well, but, yeah, because I am. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. You know, again, this is a talk show. Yes. It's, it's a semi-intelligent talk show that makes you think from time to time. I'm the semi. He's the intelligent. <laughs> You're the semi. <laughs> but, however, <laughs> you know, that's one of the things that we also push in this program is discourse. Yes. You don't have to agree. Dear Lord, it'd be boring if everybody agreed. And look, n- hardly anybody does it anymore. Since, what, so, agree? <laughs> no, well, yes. Civil discourse and, and agreeing. And we all know nobody agrees with each other anymore. But uh, but that civil discourse, that's, would, what, that's one of the, that's one of the, the pillars of this show, is, I, is to have the, the conversation with callers, with emailers, and people that leave us messages and, and, what the, you know, and talk about things. I would love to hear Paul's thoughts. On yeah. the situation. Give us a call. Shoot yeah. us another message on Twitter. Let us yeah. know what you think about the situation. If the commissioners are right, I mean, it's easy to say that we're into conspiracy theories, but give us your thought. Why yeah. is there a conspiracy theory? What do you think the basis for this decision is? Give us a shot. Let and, us know. And, and here's the other thing. I can only remember hanging up on somebody twice, and it was because they were getting nasty towards us. We never shut people down because of their opinion, no matter how crazy we may or may not think it is. Again, that's part of the process. That's yep. part of that civil discourse. Uh, let's uh, go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Nolan. I'm calling from Richmond. What's on your mind, sir? Well, I'm not really a uh, Benton County resident, but uh, an old phrase that I remember from my high school days comes to mind about Corruption, and that is, is that power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I think that uh, that's kind of the thing that uh, if you follow the power, you follow the money. And uh, that's what it's about, power and money. And I think that's what this is about. The more control they have over things, the more power they have, thus the more money that they can uh, require. Appreciate it's the a very call. interesting point, sir. Very you know interesting what? point. And, and he 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 um, he broke it down in its simplest terms. Corruption is really all about power and money, and and the two go hand in hand, certainly. Uh, but that's that's what you know. Corruption is about. And and look, you can make an argument that even if it wasn't that the commissioners necessarily wanted to attain more power, I think a solid argument would be that they wanted the sheriff to have less power uh, by by not having control over the jail. Uh, 
correct? Am I am I am I off the beat on that? I no, mean, but I think maybe one of the initial thoughts that we had regarding the the statement that Commissioner Beaver made regarding one third of the budget, um, maybe the thought of looking to shrink that budget wasn't as plausible as having complete control over that one-third. Now, yes, the commissioners approve the budgets. Mm-hmm. Okay, They sign off on the budgets. They look through every department, what is submitted by every department, and run down those budgets. But when the, the jail was under the purview of the sheriff's department, the sheriff's department would put together that budget. They would outline where the costs were. They would turn around and put forward to the commissioners, this is what we need. Well, now that the commissioners control that, they also don't need the intermediary for the budget. They control now that entire element of the budget by establishing a new Department of Corrections that they oversee. Now, the one thing that I would be interested in seeing, because when you talk about a third of the budget for just the jail, was that a combined amount with the sheriff's department? Or was that the jail standing alone? Because, again... Under the auspice of the sheriff's department, while you do have a patrol budget and a jail budget, was that one-third in reference to the combined sheriff's department or just the jail alone? I, I don't know for a fact. Because that uh, would seem like a high number just for the jail. Yeah, I, I'm I can going see a to, third for the whole sheriff's department, yes, including the jail. Yes, and that's and that's how I heard it uh, when Jim Beaver was, you know made that comment was that Prior to midnight last night, the sheriff's department's chunk of the budget was about a third. And that would make sense if you think about all the the sheriff, the deputies, the administration, as well as the jail side of it. That's a lot of people. And again, people cost a lot of money. And, and operating that facility probably costs a lot of money. So that... Makes sense to me that the entire, you know, and that maybe Commissioner Beaver didn't like that one department, the sheriff's department, had that much money allocated to it as, as you know, in comparison to other departments in Benton County. We got time for a quick call before we have to take a time out. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? Dave. What's up, Dave? Uh, just to couple of questions real quick if the sheriff's been taken out of the the jail does that mean all his personnel have been taken out of the jail because now that opens him up to be able to investigate all accidents incidents and complaints of harm in that jail and the two council people be liable for lawsuits well what it does do dave you're right in the aspect that it does separate the jail employees from the sheriff's department um, so they are no longer employees of the sheriff's department. They are employees of the new, newly created Department of Corrections in Benton County. Um, as far as how many people remained on jail staff that decided they wanted to or don't, we don't have that complete list, but you're right. It does separate those two forces and does, as even as the sheriff admitted yesterday, running a jail is complex. It simplifies his job a little bit more. We come back, more of the bottom line, your calls, your emails, your messages on Twitter. We have a few of them to share with you as well regarding 
The Benton County Jail now being under the purview of a newly created department by the commissioners after yesterday's vote. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ann, presented by McCary Meets in Basin City on News Radio 610, KONA. Bottom line, News Radio 610, KONA, 547-1610. Get involved also via email, 610kona.com. Your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say, and on Twitter at Bottom Line 610, where... We've got a few messages from Second Amendment we'd like to pass along to you. So there's a simple reason why they took over the jail. It's one less thing the sheriff has power over. The commissioners can dictate the bounds and can run the jail de facto, uh, but money does exchange hands through contractors and vendors. There's money to be made from jails and prisons. They could also get grant money from allowing programs to flow through the jails. Uh, drug rehabilitation, mental health treatment, any of these programs piloted in the jails gets grant funding for using the inmate population as test subjects and promise for better staffing and funding. If the sheriff was an obstacle to allowing the inmates to be used as lab rats in exchange for a few hundred thousand dollars, he can't be anymore. Thanks for the messages. Um, there are a number of programs, actually, that are currently in effect in the Benton County Jail that the sheriff did uh, set up, one of them in that program, and I believe he updated on that on us yesterday, is a million-dollar grant. And that's for uh, substance abuse treatment, a program where they start in the jail and then they go to a facility for outpatient treatment once they get released. Uh, there are a number of programs that do exist in the jail that, that as Second Amendment alluded to, uh, there is funding that comes in from the state and from federal agencies. Um, those are all contract. Those grants are all set in place. Um, and those grants will follow through as long as the programs continue to follow through. Um, but a lot of the money that we're talking about is money that comes in from the tax revenue, the tax sources that goes to operate the jail. Those other those those grants are specific grants for specific things. Um, when we talk about the budget and we're talking about that one third element that was alluded to, uh, we're talking about direct tax revenue that winds up going into the jail. And we're also talking about public safety tax revenue, which, yes, has been mismanaged horribly. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Mike from Kennewick. What's up, what's up, Mike? Well, I just have a quick question. Unfortunately, I have to listen to uh, your whole program today. Shame on me. Uh, but there are union contracts that are involved with jail employees. Uh, I, have they thought that through? The, uh, the people that are being, the badges are being taken, their stripes are being taken away. Um, has, has Does that have an effect? Uh, I have a little bit of knowledge on contractual issues, and unless the commissioners negotiated with the Teamsters, on how to move these people over and how they were going to be treated and benefits and seniority and all those other things, uh, they've opened themselves up for a really, really big mess. Thanks for the call, Mike. We appreciate it. And, uh, well, to to one aspect of your comment, uh, we really don't know how much they've thought this through. Um, We know that this has been on Commissioner Delvin's hot plate for a little bit more than a year and that 
a couple weeks ago, he alluded to the fact that they were going to look at doing this again. Um, we know that they had at least an organizational chart, and they they have put some policies. They've written some policies and some procedures as to how the jail is going to operate. Amazingly, all done before they did a vote, um, mind you. Um, but from what we understand, there were four unions that operate or did operate under the sheriff's department. Uh, my understanding is that the correctional officers have a separate union from the patrol officers. And so those that, those individuals that are corrections officers are simply jail employees only. Um, I do understand that there were some in the sheriff's department that worked between both. Um, if I remember correctly from the resolution yesterday, those employees would be remanded back to the sheriff's department. They would not be working between both facilities anymore. Uh, so those individuals who were union members as sheriff's department employees, not corrections officers, would go back to work for the sheriff's department. So there would be a clean split between um, those individuals. Now, as far as the uh, the clerks and everything else are concerned, um, I don't know about booking agents or uh, anybody else involved in processing. I would imagine the cafeteria workers are represented and, and they're underneath the jail employment and whatever union that would be that would represent them. Uh, but as far as processing booking, I'm not sure if that was handled by the sheriff's department as the pass through into the jail or if they were actually considered jail employees themselves. I, the bigger question, I guess, and and the caller alluded to it, can the commissioners, in essence, make changes to the duties of people that are represented by a union without the union signing off on it? And, you know, certainly when whenever the next union contract negotiations come up, there will be changes made uh, for those that, uh, you know, were split in between the jail and the and the the sheriff's the regular sheriff's department the patrol unit um but that's a good question i don't know um there was no mention of that in in the plan that was laid out yesterday of of how to address you know the the union members in the sheriff's department um but I'm sure it'll be addressed sooner rather than later. 547-1610, 509-547-1610. You can email us, too. Go to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. You know, but the other interesting thing, too, with this is, um, you know, going back to that 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 union element and the, the, the modifications, um, I don't think at this stage there would be any modifications made until you get to the next budgetary cycle, which they're working on right now, right. and looking at where those contracts end based in that cycle. So if you're looking at, say, the contract for the corrections officers ending in 2020, at the end of 2020, not the end of 2019, then you could put modifications in the biennial budget for 2021, knowing that you're going to have a negotiation coming up and saying, okay, this is the direction we want to go, what we want to do. This is how we're going to plan for this and then see what happens. Because look, even though you have a biennial budget, there are things that come up to where you have to um, add or subtract based on certain things. That's right. So you leave a little bit of, of, of wiggle room. Um 
Another message from Second Amendment asking about this particular thing. I wonder if their union dues will now be used to grease the palms of the commissioners instead of the sheriff for reelection. Interesting. Yeah. Because we, we have, unions do get politically active. We know that. <laughs> they, they, they do make donations to to certain you know, areas, but that's <laughs> that's that's an interesting question. Yeah. An interesting question indeed. But I don't want to I don't want to stray too far down that path. However, um, I think the 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 path of interest is what a number of our callers have brought up in all this is how well thought out was this? And we're going to find out. Well, there was some thought, yeah, well, yeah, obvi- there, obviously, there, because you there, have the, something the resolution place. and, you know, corresponding documents were were released as part of, you know, the the thing that was voted upon. So, I mean, there was there was some thought there, but deep thought. But, don't know. Right. But how much how much, you know, you could think about something, put it down on paper and think you've got a great idea until you put it into practice. And then all of a sudden the wheels come off. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610K. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Mike again from Kennewick. Yeah, Mike. Sorry, I just had to uh, um, add a little bit more. Sure. Anytime, if you are uh, the current employer and you've got a contract with uh, whichever union, and all of a sudden that company is bought out by a new employer, those changes within the contract, uh, wages, hours, working conditions, have to be renegotiated uh, for the benefit of the employees and the new owner of the company. And I'm, I'm using that, lo- that term kind of loosely in that now the commissioners own that. Right, so Mike, let me ask you this to make sure I, to make sure I'm following you on this path. What you're saying is that because the commissioners initiated a taking over of the jail from the sheriff's department, that as the new quote owner of the jail, they would need to negotiate new contracts. Correct. Or you could do a memorandum of understanding and say, "I accept everything as is," but they. They really couldn't do that in this circumstance because they're changing people's um, job titles. Uh, what they've done, they were jail employees and sheriff department employees, uh, you know, had, had dual roles, if you will. And now they, they're not going to have that role anymore within the jail. Uh, they'll just be sheriff's uh, employees. With any with any organization, if you have fifty percent of your time in one spot and fifty percent fifty percent of your time in another spot, and all of a sudden that fifty goes away, what happens to you? Okay, we got a, we got another call coming in, but I want to throw a curveball at you, Mikey. You ready? Sure. The county already owns the jail. So, 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 so they, they're already the owners of the jail, and it was under the purview of the department. Does that same element apply even though the commissioners technically already owned the jail? Not if they didn't negotiate a new uh, wages, hours, and working conditions, no. All right. My Thanks for the call, Mike. We appreciate the knowledge. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Chuck Trishlin. Hey, so there's a there's a cost I don't think anybody's talking about, and that's what it's going to cost 
um, the, the city and the county, I'm not sure how that's going to work. Um, for example, um, when the sheriff's department runs the jail and someone commits a crime in the jail, the sheriff's department investigates. Yep. And if there's an arrest made, the booking fee is placed on the sheriff's department who owns the jail, so it's nothing. But if that's now going to be in the city of Kennewick, is Kennewick on board with all of that, with all paying another booking fee for that new arrest in the jail that used to be the county's? And there's, there's a lot of costs associated with those kinds of things, but also uniform costs. They're all wearing the same uniforms, right? I mean, I, and, and I don't know for sure. I know when I worked for the Okanagan County Jail before I became an Okanagan County Deputy Sheriff, we worked for the sheriff. We were sworn in by the sheriff. We wore the same uniform. We had the same badge. It said corrections, but, but we were for the same department. So we had some of the same privileges, including some of our firearms rights for concealed carry and things like that. So there's there's that cost that's associated, but the booking fees and those kinds of things, um, the investigation fees. If you're using the sheriff's department as your law enforcement agency, then you, you pay that cost. For example, Benton Benton County, or I'm sorry, Benton City, probably pays a little bit to have the sheriff's department as their law enforcement agency. They Spokane do. Valley pays to have the sheriff's department be their their law enforcement agency. So who's going to do the investigations in the jail now? Is it going to be Kennewick? Or is it going to be the sheriff's department? That, that More than that, though, and a really big thing is right now, if there's an emergency in the jail, the commander of the jail probably reports to or did until yesterday the sheriff and the sheriff can fix it or the sheriff's chain of command can fix it. Now, if there's an emergency in the jail, you got to get three commissioners together to figure out what to do. Well, they'll report to the county administrator, Chuck, and, and she'll figure it out. Oh, OK. <laughs> thanks for the call chuck uh as far as the uniforms go all the patches had to be removed uh by 1201 this morning for those that were going to report and it, it is a great question and i don't know if anybody has the answer to that is what agency is going to respond to issues inside the prison uh is it going to be kennewick or is it going to be the, i doubt it's going to be the sheriff's department i don't know what kind of uh changes there could be or alterations but there's this talk about companies and uh, contracts with companies. This isn't like a Hanford contractor. Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of The Bottom Line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. 547-1610. 509-547-1610. If you'd like to call the program, you can email us too. Just go to the website 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. Ed Dawson, Rob Francis, this is the bottom line. Final segment is approaching, and Rob, tomorrow we will just be, we'll be two thirds of the way through. We'll be reaching our peak by then. We'll be two thirds of the way through as we, uh, thanks to our good friends at Perfection Tire, we'll be taking the show on the road to Spokane. The Grand Davenport Hotel will be the location. The setting will be the Washington Policy Center's Eastern Washington Annual Dinner, where the guest speakers will be former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie and the former Secretary of Defense, General James Mattis. Perfection Tire, your preferred dealer for Nokian Tires. They are all-weather tires, winter tires. They're made in Finland, so if they can do Finnish winters, they can easily do Washington State winters. Uh, They have studded tires, you name it, they've got it. Nokian Tires. Stop by Perfection Tire, your closest location. They are your preferred Nokian Tire dealer. So looking forward to tomorrow's show. It'll be a special three-hour edition of The Bottom Line, going from 3 to 6 tomorrow 
uh, live from that dinner. Looking forward to talking to a lot of people about a lot of hot topics uh, throughout Washington State as we broadcast live tomorrow. Uh, but, Ed, you were alluding to, as we went to break, how this is a little bit different when we discuss contracts than, say, at Hanford. I mean, Hanford contractors come and go. When a contractor goes, a lot of times staff goes with it. New staff comes in with a new contractor, hence the need for new contracts. So what's the major difference here? Well, I, I think the the big thing that I see is, and, and you touched on it earlier, it's still under the Benton County umbrella. What the county did, let's let's remember here, what the what the Benton County Commissioners approved yesterday at its at its root is the creation of a new department. They created the corrections department. And underneath the corrections department, that department is in charge of running the jail. So they in essence you know, we, we keep using the term, we, you know, they took the, the jail away from the sheriff. Yes, but it wasn't like they gave it to the county auditor, you know what I mean, to run right. uh, to another entity. They created a new entity. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the rules are as far as negotiating contracts within the same county many of the same employees that you know now the people the 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 sheriff's department employees that were doing both that's where it's going to get tricky uh, that you know those employees that were both you know under the purview of the sheriff's department and the jail staff you know where they're kind of bouncing back and forth that's where it's going to get a little messy let's go to the phones you're up on the bottom line who's this where are you calling from hey it's me again so, um couple things. I'll make it real quick. I know you're just about out. Uh, one, a bunch of those people are just going to resign. Um, like Cross Creek, he just resigned. He just said, hey, look, I'm out. I resign effective immediately. Item two, if you had any wooden nickels and we were all going to bet our wooden nickels, you can be guaranteed that the two people that voted against this have already went through every scenario they can think of, and they're very, very comfortable with their decision. Appreciate the call, Mike. Um, well, of course they're comfortable with their decision. It's their decision, regardless of how thorough. Yeah. How, but but look, again. I think we, they were thorough. I don't know if they were well, completely thorough. Look, I don't we, know. We, we go back to all they, all they had to work on were the models in Walla Walla, Yakima, and Spokane. Uh, as far as Eastern Washington jails, there are three other jails in, in the state that are run by commissioners. Spokane tried to give theirs back, and the, the sheriff said, <laughs> can of worms you opened, you get to deal with it. Uh, Walla Walla's not well run. Yakima's got its issues as well. So those are your templates that you're working off of. Neither of them have ever run a jail. Neither of them have any experience in any way, shape, or form other than signing off on a piece of paper that allots money to a jail. Well, that's so why how they thorough hired, can you be? They, well, that's why they, they brought in somebody who was already on staff, yeah. elevated that person to the position of jail administrator. We'll see how well that goes. That we will. That's all for the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Don't go anywhere. We've got all your news, weather, and traffic on the afternoon report. Stay with us.